Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you, worship team. Friends, God bless you. And right out of the chute here, Philippians 1.6, Paul writes this. I am confident, I'm confident that God, who began a good work in you, will finish it. He's going to finish it. We sing this song, you know, that God is a way maker, that don't stop working, that he's going to continue to work. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know where you're disappointed in yourself, but listen, Paul is confident of this very thing, that God, who began a good work in you, he's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. Hey, listen, he's already saved you. You believe in him, you're already saved. But there is this ongoing work of Christ, the ongoing work of his spirit to do the will of God in you. There's a process involved. Listen, instantaneously we're saved. We are justified by our faith in Christ and by his blood. And there's this ongoing sanctification that happens in our life. It's a process. I want to remind you as you're there at home or wherever you're watching this. Listen, God is going to finish that which he started. Don't panic. Don't lose faith. I want you to say this with me. God's going to complete me. God's going to complete me. Now you might feel a little silly there at home and you might be in front of family or Whatever, But listen, say it out loud. God is going to complete me. He's going to finish me. He is not one who starts something and quits. He finishes the work. I want to remind you of that. You know, we're here in a bit of a quarantine. And, you know, I got to tell you, um, you know, we get shut away. We get a little disconnected from being with one another. Um, it gets challenging. It's, it, I will tell you this. That long term, this is not a healthy thing for us. We, be, we can become an island. We lose fellowship. We lose connection. We lose accountability. We feel like God's not using us the same. We can go through all of those things in our mind. And as we do, as we think about the reality of that, that we can just kind of digress a little bit. And what happens, I remember this. There were times in my younger years, okay, um, and uh, experiences like this, um, go to college, come home on break, um, at college, do pretty good, you're going, you know, I was training for ministry at the university, we'd go to chapel, we had classes that uh, were credited, of course, your, your general classes, but you had, you know, your classes that, to uh, accomplish your major, and, you know, spiritual classes, and Bible classes, theology classes, all of these things, and there was spiritual life um, in the classroom, and going through the class, and going to chapel, and in the dorms, and in the house and there's fellowship and connection, and, and uh, it's not that you don't ever struggle, but I watched this. Over break, you'd go away, and you're thankful to go home. I mean, you get home cooking, and you go through all that, but you would think it would be easier 
getting away from the hustle and bustle of everyday demands. And you think you'd go home and you'd think that my devotional life and prayer life would, man, I just got more time, it would be greater. And I watched over breaks and vacations that my personal time with the Lord, it wasn't greater. You start to feel the, the creeping in of the old nature a little bit. Like, oh, here's an opportunity. Listen, to this time of quarantine, this time of being out of fellowship, in person at least, I want you to know that the stage is set for some of our personal struggles. The old nature. The stage is set for some of that to creep up. Now, I am not telling you, oh, you're going to fail. Oh, you're going to struggle. I'm just telling you to be alert, be aware. Listen, in these times, our personal struggle, if we're isolated, we can begin to struggle. We can see the old nature start to creep in a little bit. You know, right? You know the old saying, idle hands. Idle mind, devil's workshop, there's a little bit of truth to that. And we can see some of this creep in. And then it's like, hey, we start to say, listen, I know better. Why am I walking under this cloud? Why am I starting to think like this? Why am I starting to do this? Why are old habits kicking in? And all of a sudden, you know, because we're not in our regular busyness of everyday life, we can see some of this creep in. We got to be careful. We got to stay alert that our attitude and our faith is not affected and that we don't start getting on a wrong track of thinking. Listen, less fellowship with believers, the stage is set. There's a trap set. There's this temptation to become an island and then to self govern. I mean, the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits is that we're supposed to be self disciplined and self controlled, but we live under the governance of God. And when we isolate, and we don't feel that accountability with one another in fellowship. And we don't have the Bible study we attend during the week. And we don't have uh, the connection like we do on Sundays and other times. Listen, we can start to self-govern. And if we are starting to struggle and we disconnect, we're going to be governed by our own thoughts. Governed by our own feelings. Listen, if we are, if we are absent from God's Word through our own negligence... Through our own negligence, that we're getting away from His Word. Listen, we're not reading and meditating and feeding on His Word. We will be left to our human thought. We'll think our thoughts are pretty good. We got it figured out. We're left to our carnal thoughts. We're left to sort out how we feel rather than what we know is true. And it's like we board the train that's going to, you know, you know on the, on the bus or the trains, they sometimes have the name of the destination or the street and location you're going to. It's like we're heading to Negative City or Wrongville. And we just start to, you know, get on this train. And it can be a runaway train because there's nothing to go, hey, shake us into a, you know, oh, wake up. Because it's not like, hey, we went to church, we went to fellowship, we got together for coffee, we went to the Bible study, we, and there's this, that, you know, during the week that helps us, that fellowship. And when we don't have some of that, we can get on this thought and this pattern and frustration and disappointment and self because something has crept in or crept in again that we thought we had mastered or thought we were doing pretty good. We start to get wrongful thinking 
We get feelings and thoughts of condemnation. We sense guilt. We assess ourselves and think, I am so unworthy. We just play it over and over again. You know, we're just kind of left to ourselves. There's no fellowship. There's, and so we have to have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We've got to go back and remember what's true and what's right. And rightful thinking like, hey, I know I messed up. I could feel the flesh or the devil or whatever kind of creeping in or my old nature or my old attitude. Listen, remember this. God's grace is sufficient. Paul is confident. The Apostle Paul is confident that God who began a good work in you is going to complete it. He's going to finish it. And you might look and think, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. I'm stuck in the mud again. This stuff's coming out of my life, out of my mouth, my attitude. Listen, we play it over and over because we're out of that fellowship. Listen, it can affect us mentally, spiritually, and I'll tell you what, it even gets to the point that it can exhaust our body and our soul. And now we've got no resilience to even fight that. We start dipping in waters of bad theology. What we do, we start dipping in, in our human thought and it turns into bad theology. We assess our circumstance and uh, we reflect on it instead of being washed in the godly water of his word. Yeah, don't dip in the waters of bad theology because you're down or you feel like you failed. We got to remember what his word says and that God's going to complete the work he started. Listen, there, there were some believers in um, the, the region of uh, Galatia. It's where we get the book of Galatians. Paul writes this letter, this letter to the Galatians, living there in Galatia. And listen, something happens to them. And Paul writes them and says, hey, listen, you've you got to be aware of this. You've got to stop this. He says, you started relying, believers, these are Christians, you started relying on your good works for your salvation. Their self-righteousness. They started to depend on their self-righteousness for miracles. If I am unworthy by lawful things, then, um, I'm sorry, if I am worthy by lawful things, then I'm righteous. That's how they started to think. If I meet the standard, then I'm, I'm righteous. And if I meet the standard, then I'm good enough. But the counterpart is, if I don't meet the standard, then I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. God's not going to answer my prayers. God's not going to do this work. I'm lost. Did I do good enough in my human effort? If so, then God accepts me because I'm worthy. Listen, none of us are worthy. I want to remind you that none of us are worthy. Listen, Galatians um, here in chapter 3, I want to read this to you, verses 1 through 5, okay? It says this, you foolish Galatians. Paul writes this very boldly. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Who's tricked you? You're at home in quarantine, and maybe your own thoughts, you started tricking yourself. You started to deceive yourself. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. 
I would like to learn just one thing from you, Paul writes them very boldly. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? In other words, in your life, did you receive the Spirit in you because you were self-righteous? You were righteous all on your own. Is that how you received the Spirit? Paul knows the answer is no, because there's not one of us that are righteous. Or he said, did you, or did you receive the Spirit because you believed in the message of Jesus Christ? Because you believed what you heard? Did you receive the Spirit because you believed what you heard, or did you receive the Spirit because you were righteous all on your own? He's looking for an answer from them. And we know that it's rhetorical because they know what they were taught. They received righteousness and salvation because of they believed, not because of their own works. And he says again, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, I mean, that's how our Christian life starts. I mean, Jesus said it himself in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 44. He says, listen, no one comes unto me unless the Father in heaven has drawn them. You and I are, listen, you and I, don't, don't kid yourself. When, when, we, when you put your faith in Christ, this, you, you went through a process, you have a will, you make a decision, but understand this. You, were, you and I were not good enough on our own just to come to Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit, it was the Spirit of the Father, it was the Father that drew us. He drew us, He was already working on us. He was bringing us along. And then we make a decision. But he was drawing us. We didn't just all of a sudden one day say, yeah, I wake up and say, yeah, I think I'll become a Christian today. There's a drawing of God. There was a grace of God to even bring us to the point of making a decision to believe. We weren't righteous enough on our own to just come to Jesus he says, after beginning with the Spirit, this work is, began with the Spirit working in your life. After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal of righteousness by your own human effort? Who is, who's fooled you? Who's bewitched you? Listen, he says this, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you meet the standard of the law? Is that why he does miracles? You look at the life of Jesus through the Gospels, walking around, teaching people, talking with people, healing people. Why? Because they were righteous? No. Because he's good. He's the one that's righteous. He did miracles for people who didn't even know who he was at the moment. He did miracles for people because they had faith. Not because they were righteous or because they were worthy. It was because they had faith. And now the, the Christians in Galatia, they see their shortcomings. And they focus on making themselves righteous to gain and keep salvation. Forgetting that their salvation started by the kindness of God to draw us. It was a spiritual move of God in our life. Why did you receive miracles? Why did you receive healing? Because you're righteous? 
No. Because you believe. You believe Him. You trust Him. Your life changes because you believe in Him. And through that believing in Him, we hopefully go through a transformation where we, we, are, we are becoming more and more righteous in our attitude and who we are. But it is a work of His Spirit, not a work of our flesh. Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? I want to remind you in this time where the stage could be set or you're tempted to be an island to yourself and, and go into human thinking and some old ways are starting to creep out or you know boredom is getting and taking advantage of you. Listen, Paul says it, don't be deceived. How did you come to be saved? How did you come into relationship, experience salvation? It wasn't by the law by the work of God's Spirit and His kindness. How'd you receive good things from God? Because you were righteous? On your own? No. Your faith is what made you righteous. We're going to touch on that. I want to reread this to you for a moment. From Galatians chapter 3, the verse I just read you, I want to, I'm going to change a few words. and I'm not messing with the Word of God here. I just want to bring this home to you. You foolish Americans. Who's bewitched you, tricked you, deceived you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I'd like to learn one thing from you, American church. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? Or did you receive the Spirit because you believed in the gospel message of Jesus Christ crucified? You Americans, are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your righteousness and salvation by your human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? Does God give you, you, you American church, does God give you His Spirit because you're American? Or because you feel like you're self-righteous or you're good enough? Does he do miracles among you because you observe the law and live to the standard? Or is it because you believe? You believe Jesus. You believe the message of the gospel. You believed what you have heard. Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To those who believe, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. To those who believe. Listen, how's your thinking been about yourself, your walk with God in this time of being somewhat isolated? Maybe you're fighting a personal battle. Maybe you feel like you're losing. You know that you have lost some battles. And you're suffering with guilt and I know better or trying to justify it, which you know in your own spirit because of the Spirit of the Lord that your argument really isn't all that good. You find yourself making some bad choices or bad thinking. 
Boredom set the stage for failure. Some of your downtime. Maybe you have anxiety. You feel a little idle. Your convictions are getting a little sloppy. Old habits are becoming the attitude and the agenda for your day. Then you have the thought, why would God even help me? Why would He even help me? I know better. I've slid back. I've, I'm troubled. I'm, I'm angry. I'm feeling no good. And yet, in your heart, you say, you know, I love God. But I'm so defeated. I want you to know that you're not alone. I think we've all had those moments when we've had them more than once in our lifetime, if we're to be real honest. Your spiritual life, your spiritual walk, it's just that. It's spiritual. And it affects our physical and how we live. But it's spiritual. It started with His Spirit. That which started with the Spirit is supposed to be continue in the Spirit and be finished in the Spirit. It's not starting with the Spirit and experiencing the salvation. And it was the Father who drew us and we had this spiritual walk started. And then all of a sudden we say, I got it from here. I'll master this. I'll, I'll just do it in my own effort and I'm going to look real righteous and I'm going to try real hard. And, I'm, and we abandon the life of the Spirit. Only life is found in the Spirit. The moment we become self-righteous, self-reliant, listen, we are contaminating the whole message of the Gospel and our way will not work. Our corruption will take over. We, we rely on our human efforts, our own righteousness. Listen, that which started in the Spirit must continue to finish in the Spirit. You and I have to feed the Spirit, not fuel self-righteousness, but fuel the Spirit. Fellowship with Him. Don't let your sin, don't let your sin, don't let your struggle separate you in relationship to God. Remember, this is why He came, is to bridge that, to bring you and I together with Him. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen, don't let your failure, your condemnation, cause you to go and hide. Come to Him. Feed the Spirit. Remember who He is. Remember that He's doing a work in you. And you might think that you abandoned it and made it a mess. Listen, he knows how to put it back together. He knows how to build block upon block. It is by his spirit. Let his spirit work in you. We have to cooperate. But it's, we, it's, we get this way and we, we move in his spirit because we remember what he said and who he is and what we believe. And then it's not about our righteousness on our own effort. Listen, here's an interesting thing. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul writes this. He says, It is by grace, God's kindness, that we are saved. Saved from what? 
our sin. That the consequences of our sin will not determine our destination and will not uh, separate us from God any longer. It was through God's kindness, the giving of His Son, Jesus, to pay for our sin. It is by this grace that you and I are saved. It's through faith that we apply the grace. He said, it is by grace you are saved through faith. It's hearing the message of the gospel and believing in Jesus that applies this grace to us. If we refuse to believe God, we don't apply the grace. It's there. But it's not in us or upon us. It is by grace that you and I are saved through faith. And he says this, not by your works. It's not that Randy's good enough. It's not that Randy can even ever become good enough on his own. I cannot observe the law and keep every point of the law and be righteous on my own. I am human. I, am a, I fail. I am wrong if I think that self-reliance and self-righteousness is going to get me to the standard that I'm acceptable to God. He came, the one who was worthy, who is the standard, gave his life because I could never work my way there on my own. So it's by grace that you and I are saved through faith, not by a work of ourself, but it is a gift of God, he says. Ephesians 2, it's a gift of God. You and I work for wages. We don't work for gifts. Gifts are gifts. We give gifts. Not because someone's worthy or unworthy, We just give it as a gift. It is God's gift to you and I, this salvation. And when we believe through faith, we believe in Him. We receive this. It started by the Spirit. Listen, whatever you're going through right now, you need to complete in the Spirit. Your, your faith in Christ started with the Spirit. God's Spirit. Let Him see you through. Don't abandon what got you there. And think you're going to do it on your own. And then when you fail, you think, well, I can't go to God, and what's wrong with me, and how come I'm not doing better? Listen, if you're relying on yourself, if I rely on myself, I'm going to mess this up. I've got to get back in fellowship and allow His Spirit to do the work in and through me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. I'm going to read part of this verse. Because he's talking to the Galatians still, obviously. It's the same letter, next verse about, listen, don't be deceived, don't be foolish. What started in the Spirit, you need to finish in the Spirit. He brings Abraham up as an example. He says, consider Abraham. He believed God. And when he believed God, it was now credited to Abraham as righteousness. Get this. You and I can't make ourselves righteous on our own, but the moment we believe in the gospel message and in Jesus Christ, He, God, sees that faith and He credits us as righteous. He credits us as righteous. You are made righteous. I am made righteous by believing in what I heard, what I read about Christ, the gospel message. That's how you and I are made righteous. Righteous. 
It's by believing. <coughs> I'm sorry. Can you bring me a little bit of water, please? We got about eight people in the building. And thank you so much. <coughs> about that. Listen, we are made righteous by faith, not by our works. Abraham, he's a good man. He believed in God. He did some things wrong, but he was looked at as righteous because he believed God. Your faith is what makes you righteous. Felicia, thank you so much. You are made righteous by faith. Say it. I am made righteous by faith. Say it again. Ah, that helps. Yeah, I'm made righteous by faith. I'm not made righteous on my own. Even after I come to Christ and, and He saved me, I don't say, okay, I got it from here. I'll carry on. No, it is by believing that that righteousness is carried out in my life, that it transforms my life. Your faith is what makes you righteous. Now, don't get wayward in your theology. Oh, well, if I just believe in God... I can just do whatever I want. No, no, we're eliminating the flesh. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 6, verse 15. Should I continue in sin so that grace can abound because I'm under grace, I'm not under the law? He says this, God forbid. We have a responsibility because of God's grace in our life in this faith in our life, that this faith would, uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit, that we would be so surrendered to Him that our life changes. This grace changes our life. And our actions and our attitude start to look and become more righteous, not by our own works, but by our cooperation and surrender to God and really believing in Him to the point that I'm going to follow Him, not just have a philosophy or an expression that I believe in God, but the way I now live um, reflects and proves that I believe Jesus and follow Him and my life is filled with signs of change from what I was to what He's making me by the work of His Spirit, not by my human effort. We shouldn't continue in sin. I don't condone sin. Regardless of our failures, we're to continue in faith because our faith is what makes us righteous. If you're at home in this quarantine and you know, you've been isolated a little more, you, you got all this flesh stuff that's kind of creeping in and taking over and maybe your convictions change and you're condemning yourself because you failed and you know what to do and oh, I'm no good and thought I was better than this and Stuff's creeping out of me that was old. I was, thought it was crucified, dead, and gone. Continue to crucify your flesh with the help of the Spirit. But don't walk under condemnation. Keep coming to Christ. Feel the conviction of His Spirit, but feel the gentleness and the warmth of His protection, and then He's going to complete the work that He started in you. Don't let this quarantine steal your lunch money. Don't let the quarantine take advantage of you and pick on you during recess. You started in faith. Walk by faith. Remember what's true. A higher truth. A more powerful truth. 
than your condemnation, guilt, or struggle, or habit that started strong again, that you are getting victory over. You don't have to suffer in silence. You get to the Lord. He's going to complete the work he started. Listen, Paul writes to Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. That's our participation. It's not just in our flesh, but fight the good fight of faith. Our life is transformed through this process. Our choices, our attitude, our conduct, it will all begin to show what we believe. (coughs) It'll justify our faith. Our actions will justify our faith, what we believe. Our life will begin to match that which we profess because the Holy Spirit is at work. It's not just our human effort. God's grace, listen, it's, it, His grace is powerful enough to change us and bring about a righteous life by His Spirit at work in our humanity, in our brokenness. That's why He came. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the unrighteous. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick why he came. I want to close with this thought. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Paul says, no, in all things. I'm going to have you say it. No, in all things. All things. We are more. We are more than conquerors. Through Him, not of ourselves, through Him who loves us. You might not look like a conqueror today because you're still in the battle. You're still in the struggle. Still working at things. Still working through it. Listen, in all things, There is no exception. You can say, well, that's for everybody else but me, or my story's so bad, or it's so dark, or I'm so troubled, or I fell so far. Listen, in all things, all things, you, you are more than a conqueror through Him, not yourself, through Him who loves you, who gave Himself for you, to make a way for you. That His Spirit started a work in you. And He will not abandon that work. He's going to finish it. So you take courage. You pick yourself up. With the help of the Spirit. And say so you get back to your spiritual walk. Don't do this on your own. Don't suffer from condemnation. Don't suffer from guilt. He's finishing a work. Now you let Him do it. Don't you interrupt it with your attitude and your flesh. Arrest yourself. Hear the Holy Spirit arrest you. Handcuff your flesh and lock it up that it couldn't roam freely, that your spirit could thrive. Your spirit, His spirit is at work. We allow Him to do it. We follow Him responsibility that goes with our faith to follow Him. 
to let him finish the good work he started in you. And he will see you through that you will become more than a conqueror of these things you face through him who loves you so very much. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.